Hi. Um, so today we are talking Amsterdam season four, episode one. More specifically, um, uh, we have two questions for you guys. Um, would you um, do we think that Max is really going to leave um, and move to London with Helen? Mm-hmm. And what was the second question? Um, let me look. <laughs> I'm useless. <laughs> um, uh, something about oh my days. Were they gonna stay? Was is she yeah. really gonna leave? No, um, yeah, is yeah, is Lynn? I was like, is he gonna leave? And there was a question for Flynn. Uh, for Flynn, um, like how long is it gonna last until they get caught? Yeah. Mm. Um. Yeah. So we'll be speaking for like an hour and a half. Um, like five, mm. ten minutes per person at the most. Um. Mm. Yeah. And then we'll start, and then we'll add everybody else. Akuna, we see you. <laughs> we'll add you now. Um. Yeah. So I think. Um. Firstly, the episode was. Um. It, it was not what I expected it to be. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. It was... I didn't expect him to, you know, go like... A, no, it so is. Like, I was storyline that none of us thought we were going to get. <laughs> exactly. Like, I, I really was not expecting Chopin to kind of go from, you know, zero to, like, a hundred in episode yeah. one. Yeah. Um... Yeah, like I thought we were just, you know, going to kind of go smooth sailing for a while. You know, yeah. that's what I said last week. And you were like, nah, that's not going to work. <laughs> yeah, um, I thought I thought they would give them at least like half an episode. They gave them 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and I didn't think the concept of, you know, because we've been asking for like reciprocity with like Max. Max mm-hmm. kind of, you know, making sacrifices for her. Um, yeah. I didn't think they give that to us in like episode one. Yeah. But they were immediately. <laughs> I I like that. No, exactly. I like like the, I like the, I do like the fact that all the angst is on his shoulders. It's got nothing to do with her. Mm, yeah, like and I like specifically she was not there for that episode. You know, for the chaos yeah. that was that episode. Because yeah. I, like I've been saying, like I really want to see him handle hospital crisis. That where she is not coming in, you know, to save the day. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was nice that she was not there for the fire yeah. chaos. That storyline was also I was, like, I you was, know. Yeah, <laughs> I was expecting him to um, go through the fire and put the fire out himself. <laughs> but I feel like he learned from episode um, 12 last season. He did. I feel like if he does that again, where he puts his life in danger, if he makes it out alive, Helen will kill him. So, <laughs> it's like, um... Yeah. I, like, I, I don't know, maybe I missed it. But what was the whole thing about, like, a new beginning? Uh, you know how the, everybody was, like, moving things around the hospital and stuff, mm-hmm. and he was talking about this new beginning being, like, about joy, and I was like, wait, but what is the new beginning? Like what changes? Uh, in, in, in the episode, everyone was moved. Everybody was working from home. Was finally moving back into the hospital. I think that was what was uh, happening, yeah, that and that's sense. why he was like new beginning. 
because I think season two, it was kind of quiet. The hospital was quiet and purpose, and then mm-hmm. now everybody's coming back. I, I think that's what it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just like, what? What is this? Um, and then Lennon and Floyd. Um, how did her wings <laughs> end up mounted to her head? <laughs> <laughs> That oh, fire. Yeah. What's this isn't realistic. <laughs> that fire was so massive, and they just kept mm-hmm. out of the needle more burnt. And it was like, yeah. <laughs> it was oh gosh. And I, I was like, wasn't her husband, you know, asking what were you guys doing together? But they probably would have been like, no, they were. He was assisting her mm-hmm. with the surgery or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, someone said, I, I, I can always, I always see these tweets and never remember who tweeted them. And because and, sometimes I would just be scrolling and liking. And someone was like, oh, um, he's be actually, there might have been in my comments. It might have been in my comments in one of my YouTube videos. Someone was like, oh, Claude was too in his business. Maybe he knows. And he's just asking all these questions. Cause it's being wow. lousy. If that was the case, that, that is really messy. Like, yeah. Yeah. Wasn't wasn't it? it was messy. It's like <laughs> it's like almost like the, it's like almost like Claude and Floyd are gonna be like best mates. And... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And he's asking yeah. all these questions, and I'm just like talking about his love life and everything and I'm just like mm-hmm. so you know do you know who the woman actually is yeah but I so don't you know what is girl. like the agreement what is like the agreement in like open relationships do you not know the other person or do they I not want to know do. I think you usually do but I feel like because it's his boss and mm. Floyd, Floyd and Lynn introduced themselves like they didn't know each other. I feel like that's why they haven't. She hasn't said, "Oh, that's my side piece." Mm. I was trying to explain <laughs> this. I was trying to explain Floyd and Lynn to my auntie last night. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to recruit people. My recruiting isn't great. Yeah, <laughs> it's so messy. <laughs> but no, it's, inter- it's like- entertaining though. This is entertaining. Mm, it is. But I, I, I hope they like, tell us more about Lynn and our husband's relationship, you know? So yeah. just so that we know where they stand as a couple and why yeah. they kind of got to the point where, because surely you don't get into your relationship and be like, actually, I want this to be an open relationship and I want us to, you know, see other people. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, I'd like to know what their relationship is actually like and how they kind of got to the point where they were like, nah. This yeah. is how that we actually seems, want to. He yeah, seems, seems so like in love with his wife. You don't think that he'd want exactly. to like, have exactly. an open relationship. Like, I don't fully get the open relationship thing. Maybe people are still super in love, yeah, and they're still going and having mm. open relationships. But I, he doesn't. It just, yeah, mm. it, it's weird. Yeah. <laughs> Can we add? Yes, we can add um, a corner. Oh, it's not working. 
It's not working. It says waiting. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Hi. If anybody wants to talk. Oh, 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 she's here. Hi. It's reconnecting. Oh. Hello, Connor. Hi. Oh. Did that sound yeah. for you? Yeah. Yeah. Can you guys hear me? Hello. No. Oh, oh we can hear you now. Yeah. Okay. Hi, guys. How are you? I'm fine. Hi. I'm good. Thank you. <laughs> I couldn't hear what she was saying like a couple of minutes ago. About what? Can we can we uh, can you leave and then request to join again because we can't hear you. Okay, okay. I'll do that. Here we go. Can we add um, TJ? Hmm? Let's add someone else now while we're waiting yeah. for her. Yeah. Hello. Hi. Hi. Hi, how you doing? I'm good, thanks. How are you guys? I'm good. Good, thank you. Awesome. Um, so I just wanted to find out from you guys. Okay, there you go. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Yeah, we can. Okay. Okay, cool. So I just wanted to find out, do you guys feel like Helen's decision to want to go to London after coming back was sort of out of character or impulsive because we've been seeing some mis- like mixed opinions mm-hmm. online. So I don't know because I felt like her season three storyline sort of like hinted that that was coming. And so mm-hmm. I wasn't like super surprised by what what she said but I'm seeing a lot of people having like strong opinions against that so I don't know what you guys think I wanted to find out from you I don't think it was out of character for her but I think it might have been I think it I feel like um I feel like everything that happened that night was kind of rushed like yeah all of it because like because she went from taking like sitting in the in the back row seat, middle seat, um, mm. all for Max to turning around and saying, "Oh, I should have done this." I feel like many <laughs> decisions were rushed that day, mm-hmm. like in the heat of the moment, and yeah. So also, it speaks to her character as well, though. Like Helen is such a logical person, even looking like ahead of that just one scene where she's like I should not have let you in thinking mm-hmm. forward like I think in her mind she did feel that she probably wants to go home and work on that relationship or whatever things that she's neglected about herself back in London 
But also at the same time, if she would have stayed back in London and not come back, maybe she would have felt like she missed an opportunity with Max, especially after them sharing those voicemails and stuff. So I feel like her coming back and being impulsive about that was sort of like her way of trying to close that chapter in a sense or see how it goes. And it kind of redefined the elevator scene for me a little bit because when she walked away, she did look like she was walking away for good. But now I realize, like, mm-hmm. I think maybe my theory is like, okay, she kind of was like, you know what? He's still not able to move on. Even if I talk to him about wanting or thinking about going yeah. back to London, it doesn't really matter because it's never going to mm-hmm. work out. And then here he is coming back again. And because of her emotions and whatever she's feeling for Max, she's impulsive and she lets him in in that moment. So... Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I don't know. I feel like it was still in character. It could have a double meaning, but like, I don't know if I'm making sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, to me, it was, um, it was very in character. I think they've, like you said, they've been hinting that, you know, she's going to leave. Literally, when she saw the state of that clinic, I was like, in lo- in the last episode, I was like, yeah, she looks like she's about to pull a max and she wants to turn this place around. Um, mm. So it definitely wasn't surprising. And I was really hoping that they actually did bring the storyline back. I did not think that they'd bring it back in episode one. Um, but I, yeah. I love that they did. Um, I love that she kind of set the record state in the very beginning. Um, and like I said on Twitter, I think it was quite, you know, brave of her to, you know, Max has been everything she's ever wanted. You know, since like, I think they met, she's probably liked him. Um, so for her to actually, you know, get, you know, finally get this and then still be like, but actually I was running away from London because I didn't want to deal with my own issues. Um, and in order for me to kind of move on, I need to, I need to go back home and I need to, you know, deal with these issues first, because I think she realizes as well that if she doesn't deal with those issues, it's going to also have an impact on, you know, her relationship with Max. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think it was, uh, I didn't expect them to do it like in the very beginning, but I, it's definitely was in character. Like I knew she was going to go back to London eventually. Um, yeah. I yeah, think that's but, a good point. You actually mentioning JD that, um, that was very brave of her. I think I actually, yeah, that's that's a good word to use because um, one of the parallels I feel like I saw from that thing, like like you said, when she saw the clinic, like she looked touched by the way that it's like it, by its current state. And when we learned, like when I think in season one, when she kind of like broke up with Akash, but well, I don't know if we call it a breakup, but like when he walked out on her, she said to him <laughs> that Max helped her rediscover her love for medicine and when she was Mm. at the clinic she had said that when she was speaking to the receptionist she said um this is where she found her love of medicine so i feel like those two Mm. things i think it's a very interesting place for helen to be because it's like the clinic holds a very strong personal thing for her and then there's also max who's also very like personal and you know so it's like these two, mm. now she's fighting with the two, you know, to pick like where is she going? Is she going with the clinic? Is she going with Max? And she loves both. So now she has to pick. So mm-hmm. yeah, but I was very surprised when people were like strongly like angry sort of. 
about the story. But yeah, I'm interested. <laughs> Yeah, I was wasn't very happy at the fact that people were like calling us selfish for this. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's not fair. That's you know, it's not fair towards her yeah. when I mean, guys, Helena sacrificed so much for Max. Like, her I'm job. sure we can like write down a mm. list of everything job. she has done. Literally, she stepped, she sacrificed her position. Literally, decided to her share the bottle with somebody she doesn't even like. She did, for someone she doesn't even like. Yeah. In order to, you know. So, for for her to be called selfish for kind of finally doing something for herself um, and kind of not just going with this thing of, you know, she she now got Max and now she kind of has to go along with whatever he says. And somebody Mm -hmm. pointed out, I think it was Rosie, she pointed out that um, if she had said no to this she would once again be the one making the sacrifice in the relationship which makes perfect sense actually yeah because then the relationship would again be starting out with you know her making all these sacrifices so yeah i don't yeah that was kind of like yeah i don't i don't agree with the fact that she is selfish in this sense and i think she I think she knew that too, like that she would end up being the one having to make the sacrifices. That's why she was like, I think you need to leave Max because you and I will not have a long distance relationship. Because like logically speaking, I feel like Helen is a logical person. Like she thinks things. So she was like, we cannot have a long distance relationship when we haven't even had a short one. And Mm -hmm. when you actually think about it, like how, how was it going to work? Yeah, they were gonna fly back and like back and forth for what three months, six months. Someone would have mm. had to have like make a sacrifice at some point because if mm-hmm. Luna, for example, had to go to school at some point, Helen would have to be the one to be like, no, it's fine. I'll move back to New York because you can't move her back and forth. She has to stay in New York to go to school or whatever. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think yeah, no. But thank you so much, uh, ladies. I'm just going to give others a chance thank to you. pop in. Okay, thanks for talking. Thank you. Thank you. I don't know how to get out of here. Okay. Um... <laughs> okay. <laughs> I call I call is here. Hi. Hi. We can hear you so much better now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because I think my earphones are broken. Hi. How are you doing, guys? Good and you. I'm good. I'm good. Um, I just wanted to say, with this whole Flynn thing, it's so frustrating (laughs) that people are so against it like i don't get it i don't understand can you guys elaborate because i don't get it yeah people shouldn't be against it because it's a whole open relationship exactly she says she's in a an open relationship but also this other thing with them giving us half scenes with flynn we have no idea what's going on between flynn and Baptista. Yeah. we don't know what their dynamics of their relationships are all we know is what Lynn has told us. So yeah. why yeah. is it without all this information? Like, I I really don't care. Like, people be getting me so upset My only... in these comments. 
my only like gripe with their relationship is the fact that um they have been shady because surely she should have told her so. husband. She yeah. should have told her husband. That's the, uh, when I when I whenever I have a video and I say, "Oh, I don't understand what's going on." It's because she's been lying, and I don't understand why. <laughs> and I need them to exactly. tell me why. That's my issue. Yeah. Why did she not say? I've seen him before. I know him. With yeah. that was that was a bit sus. I was just like, girl, this man was. And in it's not even like the hours ago, and exactly. <laughs> and it's not even like she could have been. It doesn't even. First of all, I think like in an open relationship, surely your partner should know. You know, when you are seeing someone else, isn't that like the point of an yeah. open relationship that you are seeing other people openly? Yeah, um, and you're being honest and, about it. Yeah, exactly. And then she was like, she didn't even have to act like she, like they were together, together, if she knew it was going to be awkward. But she could have at least acted like she, you know, she had seen him before, or like they worked together or something. Why did they act like complete strangers? It, it's very weird. Yeah, very much. Like I, I get, I get. Some people feel like it's infidelity, but she said she has an arrangement with her husband. So what is the hmm. issue? There should be no issue unless okay, we'll have an issue when Batista says that's not true. That's when I'll be mm-hmm. like, ma'am. Mm-hmm. Hold on now. That's. That's yeah. when I'll, I'll start judging. But right now, I'm not judging. I don't have any solid information. We've only had that sister for two episodes. And mm-hmm. I don't even think we've seen him for five minutes in those two episodes. Mm-hmm. We've had yeah. six episodes, I think. And this last episode did nothing for me. Um, those half scenes that made no sense. Nothing was adding up. Okay, so at the beginning, they're in... The scrub room arguing about um you broke up with me um mm. it, made, it made no sense because apparently someone was supposed to walk in and see them and that conversation it was cute or whatever but it didn't add on to the storyline or anything it i didn't. feel like it never it never it never makes sense with the two of them like in the beginning like how he was like he was like in the beginning he was like completely against this and then in the next episode like he's making a breakfast in bed and i'm just like oh, wait but did you not say no this is never gonna happen and now in this episode like they literally just broke up and it's like when did you break up when did this happen it made no sense and then at the end they're back together again with no <laughs> conversation because the last time we saw them it was after the fire they were wet um what what mm-hmm. something has to give um they, it was it didn't make sense like i'm so mad i was expecting something i really feel like they could have cut together i really feel like they should have they should have cut iggy's storyline so that we could understand more we didn't need iggy we didn't need iggy in that episode it was supposed mm-hmm. to be shopping for the whole mm-hmm. episode and then a little bit of slim, if you could, if you must. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then if you really must, a little bit of blue 
Yeah, no, that whole. I don't know how to feel about the the episode. I'm so, eh, yeah. I needed a little bit of more happiness, more joy in that episode for chopping it just for a bit before Helen. Just, oh man, <laughs> she. I was shook. I was just like, wow. I was not ready for her to say it like that. She could have maybe waited. I don't know. I'm not expecting, and I love you from her in episode one. No, I was I like, I what? What? I was surprised. I was surprised. Yeah, I, mean, I wasn't surprised with that. I love you. I just didn't want her to say it first. I mean, it's been clear that she loved him. Yeah, it has. So, for her saying it, it there's not a surprise to me. I was surprised. Yeah, it's like she is not like he said it a bit better than and actually we got to see him say it to her face. I think she he probably yeah. there's probably a scene where he did say it, but yeah, we didn't. There was we didn't get to see that scene. Yeah, yeah because she wasn't surprised when he said it, so she must have heard it before. Yeah, probably yeah. while they were. Yeah, because he didn't. Say, he didn't. Well, he said, "I love." He was like, "Ah, oh, New York, I love this woman," and she's trying to dump me. Mm. But yeah, I feel like he probably said it before. He did say it before, most definitely. And I needed to okay, see I them talk about the ring. I'm sure she saw the ring was gone because the, I don't the think ring has about the ring. Yeah, it was a huge part of the season finale, and then all of a sudden, mm-hmm. that's it was good. I think that didn't think that about stopping. Yeah, I said that I don't think she cared about the ring because there was multiple times yeah, they were gonna kiss, and she didn't, and she she wasn't thinking about the ring until he mentioned it. The ring was more yeah. about him than her. Mm. Yeah. Should we add someone? Yeah. Yeah, you Okay. I'm gonna add Renee. Um and then Sarah and Tasha afterwards. Renee! Oh my goodness. Okay. <laughs> oh and then Nana as well. Hi Renee, are you there? Hey, yes, hello, how are you? So um yeah, good morning, everybody. Good morning, JD. Uh, first, I want to say, Kay, I, I read your last review, and I'm, I'm going to add to it, um, some thoughts to it, but it was absolutely beautiful. I just thought that you absolutely nailed it. Maybe that's not the oh, word. I thought you. you just articulated and elaborated so beautifully some of the themes here. And um, I, I want to add some of my thoughts uh, because I, I'm in agreement um, with everybody here on what I think are some of the really strange um, if not outright failures in, in the writing, j- just odd uh, connections here that don't really connect. Now, uh, one of the things I really, of course, loved was the, the consummation scenes. Um, I, again, I thought they were incredibly beautiful, very real, incredibly passionate, erotic, um, spiritual. Just the early scenes between uh, Ryan and Freema, I thought were lovely. And I also liked some of the humor. 
you know, when they're, they're first into it and they crash against the wall and she goes, ouch. And it's, it's just, it's, it was very, very real uh, yeah. and lovely. Um, and yes, uh, obviously Max told uh, Helen that he loved her. And probably when they're, they're making love, there's some question that he might have even told her back in the, the decon shower. But I loved it, at least for this episode that he's the first one who mentions it, who states it. I love this woman. And it did not surprise me that she uh, told him uh, to his face, um, I love you. I think there are two reasons for that. First of all, um, yeah, she's so obviously in love with him, has been in love with him for such a long time, and and they're together now. And why hold back after all they've experienced? And then, of course, there's the context of her leaving. Uh, and her uh, cutting short this this uh, relationship. I mean, I, I personally think, given who Helen is and given what she must do, that um, in a certain way, she's really not breaking off the relationship. She's actually putting Max to the test. That's what I believe. It's like, I'm going to go. I need to go. I need to deal with my Britishness. I need to deal with my past. And I need to do this thing. If you love me, you're going to say something. You're going to step up as you've never had before. And I think one of the, the things that I think is very powerful about this episode and very true is that at the end, on that rooftop that has such significance, Max does step up. And it's I've long held, and I think that the, the evidence has long been there, and I think we, we can all agree on this, that you know, as this, their love story is really the heart of New Amsterdam, and it conveys so many of the show's core central themes um i stated again and that's uh transformation redemption transcendence and hope when max is on that rooftop we see him transformed it's you know again he's no longer this this cartoon character and he's no longer spouting these really lame helen centric uh, <laughs> yeah no he was this he was, week was the only time i didn't call him an idiot um <laughs> Yeah, I, was like, I realized afterwards I didn't call him an idiot. I was like, oh my days, missed opportunity. Yeah. But he didn't do anything idiotic, to be fair. No. In fact, he I thought he was eloquent and articulate yeah. and powerful and deeply moving. And to yeah. see him fighting and to see and to see and hear him state, I'm going to fight for this. I'm going to fight for this love. I'm paraphrasing here. Yeah. I think that's what, you know, when Helen uh, told him that she was going to Britain and that she was um, very curt. I don't think that she was cutting off the relationship. I think she was putting him to the test. She has to do this for her reasons, both personal and professional. But I think that she wanted him. You know, <laughs> now, yeah, I mean, look at Helen's perspective. You know, I, Helen, have saved your life and I've saved your soul, by the way, since almost day one. And let's see what you're going to do now. You know, and I, and I think that he stepped up. I mean, to put it very bluntly, I, I was actually very moved and very proud of Max, you know, because um, when he made that crossing, when he took off the ring and made the crossing for her, we see it that it's real. And the thing that I think is um, also very, very powerful is that although, you know, he can be very comic with his SpongeBob SquarePants thing and his, you know, Freudian uh, slips, I thought it was immensely powerful and beautiful that here he was man in love and very very compelling and real um when he takes her hands into his 
and tells her all the things that she is to him and all that he will fight for. That was beautifully done, beautifully done. Absolutely beautifully done. Now, you know, the writing is is never in, in New Amsterdam. You know, it, it could be so sublime at times, so beautifully scripted. But it, uh, almost in the same episodes, they can have these jarring shifts that don't make sense. Um, <laughs> and there are a couple of things in this episode that, that were, were just it. I mean, you know, the opening scenes were incredibly beautiful, but... You know, I, I thought the setup with the uh, the clinic in Britain, um, in London, uh, I, I was a little bit irritated with that um, because it was just so obvious. It's, you know, this is where the writers, I think, um, fail us. That you know, they, they it's almost as if though that they can't deal with who Helen and Max are, so they have to put in these little devices, these contrivances. Yeah. When I think you know, uh, it would be a little bit harder but all the more richer to just let them be um, let their love unfold as it would between them, you know? And it's like um, the sense that I get is, well, all right, we're unfolding this love, but Oh my God, I, I have, we have to write for this and we're not really sure we can do this. So we'll throw in these little devices, uh, these contrivances, you know? Um, and that's, that's been something of a worry all along. Um, and I, I will point out, one a glaring example of that uh, at the closing of last season, and that is when Max encounters Helen at the elevator when she when he when she returns just returns from uh, the airport, and then he starts babbling about the ring. Now I, that is totally unbelievable, totally and utterly unbelievable. And the reason why is, of course, that the greatest betrayal that Max ever engaged in was in that scene, that really horrific and powerful scene, painful scene where he's badgering Helen to to tell him uh, how she loves him. And that's the scene. Everything I do, I do for you. And that's Max white privilege and male privilege all up front there. And I, I thought it was brilliantly done and, and quite horrific and the result of that betrayal was that he pushed helen into dr shin's arms we know from everything that we've seen of 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 max and everything we know of him that shattered max completely and so the writing failure on that ending um episode on that one particular scene where max is fooling around with the ring is that max may retreat i i get that that that's true you know, he's loved Helen for so long and here she is all of a sudden in front of him. He's he's going to have a lot of anxiety and not the least of which I have to be blunt here is going to be a performance anxiety. He's loved her so much. He's he knows that they're going to be intimate physically at some point, And there she is. That's perfectly natural. But to fool around with the ring and to retreat that way, that's not going to happen because that that very thing, that very dynamic of, of playing with the ring and retreating behind Georgia precipitated Helen leaving him for another and he would never ever do that again okay so when the writers had that occur I, I was pretty angry with them that was truly a failure and I see in this this opening episode beautiful beautiful scenes and scripting um, and although uh, I, I believe again that's probably uh, Freema and Ryan improvising as they do, but nonetheless, some some very beautiful um, segments there, uh, and then these writers come up with their contrivances again, um, and that that's something that I worry about because um, I I have read in the uh, various interviews, and I posted a couple of them for everybody, 
that the writers and the executives seem to be committed to allowing uh, Helen and Max to have their love unfold over this entire new season. But they want to throw in these little difficulties because they think it will somehow make it more realistic. My problem with these difficulties is that they're not real. Difficulties are really realistic. The difficulties that these writers have inserted are not. Um, and, and that I find a little bit uh, disturbing. Um, any thoughts on that? No, it's true. I remember um, I saw a comment somewhere where someone was saying they really want the, you know, obviously there's going to be issues with them in like them yes. like being together now, but they w were hoping that it's not like between them, um, right. you know, and it seems like, um, and I was saying like, I'm actually really nervous because they've never really written, you know, happy, sharp one. Um, there's always right. like, some kind of issue going on with them um, whenever they are happy. Um, right. So as much as I, I love the storyline about Helen, because like I said, Helen is my favorite. She's my favorite character. And I love oh, that yes, they kind yes, of, you know, yes. helping her explore past and stuff. But it's like, um, you know, I, I don't really know where this is going. Um, I honestly don't know where they are going with this. And yeah. It is. It is definitely. It seems like they're constantly, you know, putting things in between them um, when there could be other other issues. I think that they could, you know, address as a right. couple and things that could kind of, you know, obstacles that they could overcome that could kind of, you know, make them stronger. Um, absolutely, absolutely. If I if I might add here, there, you know, this is. Uh, the, this is the problem I have with the writing is that at certain times it is sublime. It is absolutely pitch perfect on certain matters. And then in the very same episode, they will have these insertions that just make no sense or or are just absolutely ridiculous. Um, so uh, let me mention a couple of things that I think are absolutely brilliant. Yes, I believe that Helen would need to go back to Britain. Um, and, you know, um, again, I think so much of her her character, Helen's character, is based on Zadie Smith. There's, again, this similarity because Zadie Smith's novels are about being of color in Britain and what that means and, and British society and history uh, made intimate. That makes perfect sense. I, you know, look, I was born in America. I grew up in England. I'm, I'm biracial myself. I get it. That really makes absolute sense to me where the personal and the political converge, right? She has this history of her youth and her father abandoning her and this family trauma back in Britain. And I loved how they acknowledged, the writers acknowledged that Helen had fled Britain in a certain way to escape that past. I, I, that was sublime to me. That's absolutely on point. And that Helen also has this history, literal history of being a person in color and we, of color in Britain and all of the complexities and ambiguities uh, that uh, occur with that and how she's created her herself and her identity, this you know hyper-sophisticated diaspora English woman of such master. I mean, that, that's so rich. And to acknowledge that openly for the first time, I believe, uh, I, I thought was spot on. But again, it's that, why make that into this very contrived, potentially threatening uh, or a relationship threatening transition or confrontation, you know, uh, confrontation with uh, her past. It doesn't have to be at all. You know, I think it was very real. 
and very beautiful. It follows exactly who Max is, that he is going through this, this transformation, that he decides to leave with Helen. And I think it's absolutely believable and true that he would do that because we know that he's so much, so very deeply in love with her. And I think another thing that works in this episode is the the um, starting to grapple with Max's past. As I've mentioned before, uh, the trauma of Max's childhood, which I think links him to Helen, is more than just his sister passing away. In fact, I think the very closeness and intimacy of Max and his sister has to do with a larger trauma in that family. Again, I reiterate that in all of the very most crucial moments of Max's life, from his ascension uh, to leadership in this hospital, to the, the, the terrible death of his uh, first wife, the raising of his child, we see no cousins, no brothers, no sisters, no father, no mother, no uncles, no aunts, nobody. And again, I do not think that this is an oversight. I think this is absolutely crucial to understanding who Max is. Uh, and I think that it also gives us, this is where I think that the writing was sublime. It gives us this, this very subtle clue as to who Georgia was to Max, because Georgia comes from an affluent family. We know that Max doesn't. Uh, Georgia comes from a very stable family. We know that Max doesn't. We know that Georgia, because of her class and because of her beauty, this, this all-American thing that she's going, it's both racial and class, that the love that Max had for Georgia had really to do with all of the things that she is symbolically to him and all of the things that he does not have, all of the things that he wants. Um, whereas his love for Helen is very pure and human and, and therefore far more transcendent uh, and powerful to him than anything he ever felt for Georgia. In this episode that we saw, the first episode, they don't tell you that. They don't, the writers don't convey that to us directly, but they convey it to us very subtly. And I think that was absolutely beautiful. But the, uh, the potential problems with going back to Britain and the, the, no, I just, I just, don't, yeah, I would have to get back to Britain, but I think they would be very united. I think that Max would be absolutely willing. And they gave many indications of this in this episode that Max is willing. He is a man in love. He's there for her. That line, you know, I, do you know how long I've waited to be here with you? That was true. That's a line that, you know, I found so very deeply. I don't know how it, it played with you guys. I found that so very deeply moving because it was so true. It was so absolutely yeah. true. He will follow her to, you know, when that line, I don't care if it's London, New York, Tunisia. We know that if Helen is going to the moon to practice medicine, he's, he's there with her. <laughs> and not begrudgingly. Not yeah. like, oh, well, I have to quit. He's like, I, Max... Goodwin, I'm no longer this cartoon character on the bottom of Bikini Atoll. I am not a patient of Sigmund Freud because I've got all of these you know, Helen-centric, I love my doctor, I, I need you as my partner. No, it's I love you, Helen. He's there for it. So why would we have this, this notion that, that Max would go back and forth over this, as they've intimated in some of the promos? He's not, you know, so, yeah, I'm a little bit heated about that. Um, so let, let me get some feedback here from you guys. I've <laughs> gone quite yeah. a bit here. 
Um, I agree with what you said about um Max's growth and him being the one to be like, I'm going to move here, and she didn't ask. It's like a big contrast between that and when Georgia was asking him to, st- all she was asking him was to slow down, and he couldn't do it. Yeah. But within three weeks of him being with Helen, he's he's willing to move to London. Yeah, I don't think I, don't think I could do that. <laughs> well, you I know, I mean, that. yeah, I mean, I I think for me that's very believable. We we've known that there was a coup de foot. We all saw that. That's why we we decided to watch this show past that first episode. I you know personally was a bit troubled in the first episode before. Helen entered the script. Literally, it's like, okay, you're going to have, you know, he's a very good looking guy. He seems like, a, you know, he's a very good actor. But this is white savior writing in. And I, I'm, I'm just so not, I, I've lived in New York. You know, I'm, a, 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 I'm biracial. I, I'm not going to like this. Um, and then when Helen enters that screen, that changed everything for me. It was like, what just happened here? I just saw something. I mean, this is it. So we know, you know, Helen from that, and Max, from that coup de foudre, Max has been desperately in love with her. And that love has only deepened and grown. They've recognized each other. I think that, you know, Freema has, has, by the acknowledgement of the writers and the producers themselves, Freema improvised that whole role and she's become the real core of this entire series of this this universe, right? She's, you know, Helen of Troy, never mind Helen of Troy, who launched a thousand ships. Helen of New Amsterdam has launched 10 million ships, okay? And rightfully so. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, to see this progression and, and to see and hear Max say, okay, I'm going to go with you to Tunisia or to, New, you know, London or wherever. I believe it. I think we can all believe it. Because it is natural. We've seen this. We've experienced this. And I think it is also very human. When you, when you fall in love, when you are truly in love, it's about transformation. We, we've discussed this you know, for quite a bit. Um, it transforms everything in your life. And in order to keep this love, you have to transform. And Max does. And that is absolutely beautiful and believable. And you know, three weeks, I, you know, <laughs> Al, if they were together for three days and she announced this, he would go. I believe that. I want the writers to see who Helen and Max are and let them do this, okay? I mean, there are plenty of adventures, plenty of conflicts in going to London or going back and forth uh, that are going to be natural, that are, are part of this, this universe. I mean, the show is used, it's, I insist that it's not really a medical drama, but it's a parable using the medical setting to play out these larger themes you know, of race, of class, of economics, all of these things. And then at the heart of the matter of what it is to be a human being. Um, and I think that there's so much there and they have such a talented cast. And then there's Freema and Ryan. Freema at the very top. I mean, you know, she's really it. She, I think, the best actress. I mean, just an extraordinary actress. Extraordinary gifts. Um, so, yeah, there we go. There's my, my passionate take on it. <laughs> little bit less analysis uh today and a bit more passion here let them be helen and max if you please um yeah. there you go should we add someone else um yeah 
Saga Love Ships. I'm going to add you. Akona, you got anything to say? You're still here. <laughs> Hello? I don't know. She's, um, she's probably just listening. Yeah. Yeah, I think she's muted there. That's that's what it looks like over here. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, you know, one thing I wanted to raise was the the uh, the Lynn and um, Floyd uh, path, and I and I do think there are some interesting things there. I I you know I I think that Floyd Reynolds is also I think we're we're really seeing just how crucial he is to the series, and and I think in many ways, and I insist, have insisted that he's really Max's spirit brother, if you will, that. Um, like Max, uh, I think he's a dreamer like Max. I think he's been a dreamer thwarted because of his family's expectations. They're a very affluent, very driven, a very accomplished family. And, and history haunts them, right? I mean, you know, the African-American experience in America, they've driven them to demand that all of their children be these strivers and even where they live in new york it's a real place up in harlem i i lived there before um leaving new york it's driver's row um and so it makes perfect sense uh that he would be attracted to a woman who in many ways in many ways is very much like helen she's brilliant she's enigmatic uh, she's got a haunted background in other ways, of course, Lynn is very different from Helen. I think that Helen is very much a life giver, if you will. Um, whereas Lynn, I think, um, and it's very interesting, she is potentially the, the femme fatale, the classic femme fatale. There's a genre of okay. filmmaking in uh, American Europe called the uh, film noir. It was very popular in the 1930s up through the early 1950s, and they were very dark films if you will and they often involved betrayal and there was always a woman uh who's scheming and manipulating men um usually two (laughs) men and she gets them to commit murder or rob people or do any (laughs) number of evil right and i think lynn they're they're playing very uh adroitly uh because we don't really know the story i agree with some of the uh a number of the earlier speakers we really don't know the story we get it from her that they're in this open marriage but you know, when you look at her husband, I I am not seeing that. I I see that he's very dedicated to her. I love the actor, by the way, who plays um, her husband, her husband rather. Um, but you know, if indeed uh, Lynn is not telling the full story, or if in fact she's distorting it, she's you know potentially a um, dangerous character psychically and psychologically for Floyd, because I think that he's been so driven and repressed by his family with his mission of generating uh, generational yeah. black wealth and power, you know, that he has this gaping need. Um, and he is so intellectual uh, and so brilliant. And in certain ways, uh, he's the one I, I think even more so than, you know, Max is driven and, and very smart, but Floyd is very intellectual like Helen. He's constantly thinking through uh, and, and in certain ways, 
transcending just his science background. He's very logical. This is, you know, everything that he's studied in schools and everything his family is expected of him is to be this very science and rationality oriented person because he has to get these goals done. But we see his intellect uh, in his dealing with people who are different than him culturally. And uh, his family would find them appalling. Floyd does it. So I think his relationship with Lynn reflects this questing and psychological need, both his questing need to understand her and his psychological need to be with her uh, because she's loved in a way that he's never had before. So I hope they do continue yeah. to explore that. I, I think that's really very compelling. Um, yeah, Hey, how are you? Hi. Yeah, have you got anything to say about um, Floyd and Lynn and their relationship? Or, or oh, Sharpen? man. Um, anything that um, Renee said? I actually, I feel like, I think the biggest conflict, I, I mean, at least I'd say for viewers with that, I think is what everybody already said, the fact that she's so she said that it's an open relationship, but then as soon as her husband was present, it was, it's hidden when she could have just pretended like, oh, you know, we just met, we work in the same hospital, we've shared cases. That said, I think it's really interesting that this is a storyline for Floyd because it's going to push him. He, you know, he had an ideal of what he wanted for life, what he wanted family-wise, and this is very much not it. Like, obviously, he wanted a Black woman and he wanted to have, like, a regular nuclear family. But this, you know, being involved with the married woman definitely wasn't the plan. And now he's tied up in it because he's working for her husband and he's forming this friendship with him. So how do you go from there? And is she actually being honest? Because, like you said, her husband seems very dedicated to her. Like, he was obviously concerned that she almost got hurt. So is it really a situation where it is an open marriage or was this a situation where she just felt kind of neglected by her husband? So she decided, okay, let me have a little bit of fun. And then she got in over her head. Tasha, um, can I ask you something? Um, Because you you mentioned something very interesting about uh, Floyd wanting a black family and and all of this. And I, I think it, I, I do agree there, but I wonder if is that is what he wants for itself or rather whether he's conforming with his family. Um, because, you know, as we've seen from the very beginning, actually, you know, Floyd is very much the cosmopolitan. He's very intellectual. He's very open. Uh, and I think it's his, you know, his family is very affluent. They're very well to do. Um, they live in a, a part of Harlem that really exists, and it's uh, it's where the in, in days past where the black elite lived um, and still do for that matter. And he's of that world, and there are tremendous expectations placed upon him for obvious historical reasons. And you know, I'm I'm wondering if that need to have this this very powerful family that will continue this mission, if you will of building black generational wealth and social capital. Is that really Floyd speaking and, and wanting for his part? I mean, or is that him wanting to please and, and, and succeed in his family's eyes? 
because in a certain way, uh, Lynn is, is so very dangerous and intriguing, and, and obviously the situation would appall his very driven and, and very, very straight-laced family. And I, I'm, I'm wondering if this is yet another example of, of Floyd wanting to somehow break free from his family. What, what Do you have any thoughts on that? Oh, I think, you know, uh, it's, I think it's what he thinks he wants, but I think uh, Lauren, like Bloom made a really valid point when she said to him, like, are you sure you, you know, you have this standard of what you want, but if it was truly what you wanted, would you keep ending up in this, yes. in these little situationships that <laughs> you're getting into yeah. with her, <laughs> where he had the ideal situation with Evie and then he let it go when he could have yeah. fought, fought harder for it because he went back for his mom. We haven't seen his mom since the middle of last right. season. He's back right. into another situation. So is it really well, what he wants? Yeah. I think it's a little bit of both. He does want to, he does want it for himself, but he also wants to maintain that status for his family. Well, mm-hmm. I'll also point out, um, I think it's absolutely, you know, I think you're absolutely brilliantly on point with uh, Evie and I, I hold to this notion that Max and uh, Floyd are spirit brothers they have an intimacy you know, uh, basically if, if we've noticed here Floyd is the only male with whom Max has any intimate real intimate connection and there are many things that are unspoken but they know uh, between them and there's a curious parallel track I would say because in a very certain way Max was having an emotional affair with uh, um, Helen uh, that those first two seasons. So there was that transgression there, okay? And now we see that Floyd is having an affair. And we see that in, in uh, a very similar way, Helen and Lynn, although they're very different in, in fundamental ways, there are other ways that are strikingly similar. They're both incredibly formidable women in terms of their intellect, in terms of their skills, in terms of their charisma, their independence, and of course, their alarming beauty. They're incredibly beautiful women, right? I mean, just Mm -hmm. absolutely compelling. Um, And that brings in Evie, because in a certain way, again, to me, there's this odd parallel, because Evie in certain ways is almost like Georgia. Evie obviously comes from a very well-to-do family, a very stable family. Um, You know, her whole Ivy League connection goes back uh, generations and we can just feel that and intuit that and in certain ways uh, and she's very beautiful um, and obviously very very powerful in, in, in terms of her command and her career and very ambitious but is she as intellectual and as curious as Lynn uh, and as, as I, I don't think so um, Lynn and, and Helen are very similar in that way. I think that they're they're just blazing intellect, right? And there's small little hints to that, where you know um, Floyd is, is is so interested in this you know classic um, soul funk rock, and it's it's really a you know a cultural thing, and it's, it's something that you know the hipster kids listen to and what. And and Lynn is so connected to that. It's a small but very telling hint of how acculturated Lynn is. Whereas uh, Evie, by contrast, is incredibly smart, but not intellectual. And we see that Georgia is smart and cultured, but not intellectual like Helen. And so, again, I think there's this parallel 
this subtle paralleling between um, Floyd and uh, Max in their, their choice of women. And I wondered if, if you had picked that up as well. Uh, yes, that, that's actually something I think I said on, I don't know, like Twitter or something that I really wanted a conversation. I actually, well, obviously I want a conversation between Max and Floyd, but I'd also really like a conversation between Helen and Floyd. Because yeah. in some ways, they've been in that situation. They've both been in that situation where they love somebody who's married, who's with right. somebody else. Yeah. And it's a complication for them. So now what? How do you deal with that? What, you know, obviously, the physical barri- barrier wasn't crossed with Helen, but it's already been crossed with Floyd. So, you know, then what? Because this situation that Floyd is in, it's it's tenuous and it's not going to be able to stay hidden for very long. Like I, no. I would be shocked no. if we made it to episode five and this hasn't blown up in everybody's faces. Like it's going to explode and very quickly because he's bonded so much with the husband. And I feel like he's the kind of person who's just going to feel more and more guilty the longer the time, you know, the longer it goes by. Yeah, I, absolutely. And um, you know, I like the husband very much and I, and, and I, I think yeah, that the show too. so yeah, so far as hinted that this is Lynn's, you know, open marriage. It's open for Lynn. I, I just do not. <laughs> yeah. For the husband. I mean, because the husband is so dedicated. And, and there was a very crucial thing when we first meet him. Uh, and we see that he's an alpha male. I mean, he is an alpha male. He's, he's you know, brilliant. He's in command. And there are two very interesting things about him that, that uh, for me, made me like him immensely. I mean, I, you know, his, his power is, he has masculine power in the best sense of the word. And what I mean by that is expertise, a sense of his power, but he doesn't need to abuse it. He doesn't feel the need. We see that he's actually, for all of his power, when he first meets Floyd, he puts, he's, he's very certain in the way he deals with Floyd, but he does something really interesting. He invites Floyd into the operation to test Floyd. Let's see if you're that good. And one very crucial thing that he does that I thought was immensely powerful and uh, immensely attractive is that he invites Floyd in front of all of uh, his accolades. You know, this is a very powerful man. He's got all of his, his boys there with him. And then he asks Floyd to show everybody himself. Yeah, to teach everyone people. else. Yeah, I mean, rather than pretending he knows person. everything. Right. Right. And I just thought that was an amazing exercise of power in the best way. It's like, I am so sure of myself that I can give this place to you to show what you've got. And by the way, I will make overt. I will overtly ask you to teach me. And I just, I thought, okay, this is a man of conscience and of moral values and of strength. And I just don't I'll, see that type of man having an open marriage. I just don't see it. I also found it really interesting that he said, like, I moved here for my wife. Like, I, right. he, he moved, he went there for her. So to Absolutely. me, that shows a degree of dedication. Like if it, if he was all about himself or he was disconnected from that marriage, he's not packing up and moving across the country right. for her. Right. So, Absolutely. you know, crucial that's a yeah i i did great observation I, I must say i think that's absolutely a crucial hint um in two ways that one it shows his dedication to her but i also think in the classic film noir sense it hints as to how she's running the show if you will 
um, you know, and I'm thinking of films like uh, The Postman Rings Twice and um, what's another one? Shanghai Lady. You know, the femme fatale is always the one kind of manipulating. And I do get that's this sense, at least so far, that that Lynn is the one who's manipulating the men uh, and whatnot. And I do agree with you that it's unsustainable um, because Floyd, I think, is very cosmopolitan, very open to new worlds, if you will. But he's loyal. It's one of the things that I, I find so immensely attractive about um, Floyd is that he's got all of these strengths. And not the least of them is his loyalty, his quiet loyalty. Um, so, yeah, I do think it's going to be very problematic for him. Um, do you have any thoughts about Iggy and his his uh, track now, his, his new role, if you will? We haven't really talked about Iggy, and I feel so very ambivalent about Iggy at, at times. I, uh, that That's just such a random storyline. I mean they said that they've completely they're done with chase but then they've introduced a whole new like arsonist as a character so it just kind of felt like why didn't we just stick to chance like lock him up and then yeah. have Iggy be his therapist if rather than introducing somebody else it's to you know explore explore the same thing right yeah yeah i agree in fact i think that the uh, the the um the Chase, the, the, the guy there, I think in certain ways that was really ripe for exploration because he's very delusional, he's very obsessional, but in certain ways there's a mirroring because uh, Iggy himself, uh, in, in, in their best moments, is an extremely complex character. He's grappling with being gay, he's grappling with his body image, he's, he's losing his sense of self in his therapy. It's a lot like this very obsessional uh, character who who um, engages in the home invasion, and I, I, I agree with you that I, I think that they sh- I feel that they should have kept that because if this person, if this patient, this very obsessional, dangerous patient, well, what makes him so dangerous? It's it's not just that he actually shows up in the home, but rather is so obsessional about Iggy, and in certain ways, I think parallels Iggy's own obsessions. And I think that would have been um, a much more intriguing and, and much more potentially rich vein to explore, if you will. Um, do you have anything about... I think, um, uh-huh. I think that um, like Iggy's patients, especially the ones who like challenge him in a way, I feel like they kind of just let those storylines go. And there's so much like potential for that, for like those storylines. And then they kind of just let it go. Um, especially with what's her name Juliet that that little girl like she was like challenging him in a way that I don't think anybody ever has Um, and I would have liked to see you know more of her and then when she came back in like the new season she was a completely different person Um, so that was kind of weird Um, but yeah I think that they they definitely should have brought brought Chance back Um, like there's so much potential for that storyline in particular um, so I'm kind of hoping that they, you know, that's not just the end of it, especially with this new lady now. Um, yeah, I think there's definitely like, uh, I think that they should continually bring on these characters who kind of, you know, challenge him in a way. Um, and that's probably going to be one of the characters who kind of, you know, bring him back into actually practicing again. Right. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, do you guys have any thoughts about um, where Max and I, 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 we have gotten a commitment from the the writers and producers, and I did post it. It was um, the, there was a TVInsider.com interview with the executive producer and the head of the writers, and and they, at least in that interview, were committed to Helen and Max having this relationship unfold uh, over the season and, and I'm going to paraphrase the, the, the executive producer. So he's, you know, the big honcho said that uh, not only is this what people want, but that we don't have to worry about them in the long run, that we should worry about some of the other characters. So I'm not worried wonder- about them. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm just not like, I feel like Helen tends to go to extremes, like her, her nature, like when she decided, like she knows her limitations when she was, when she triaged her relationship with Max in season one, when she stepped down as deputy and broke up with Cassian, like she knows what she can handle. And she felt like, okay, I need to heal. Even if I love him, I need to go home. But she also can go to extremes because it's like, oh, I need to go home forever. No, it doesn't need to go be forever. You need to fix the clinic. You need to get your knees a little bit more settled. You need to fix things with your mom, but it doesn't need to be forever. Yeah, But I think the whole forever part of it was really just to push Max to step up. I agree. Oh, I agree. It was the certainty of it was just like, okay, well, if I tell him it's forever, then, well, he's going to have to figure out if he's willing to do his part to make this work or not, which he did. He's very willing. And I need the writers to follow through on that. Like, let them go. It's not that hard to do set dressing for London. They did it in the finale. They can do it here. It doesn't need to take forever. It's a couple of episodes let them go let them you know let her let her ex-boyfriend show up and max deal with his jealousy let her mom (laughs) hate his guts because that's what's gonna happen (laughs) we all know it (laughs) like let those things happen let them play out let her realize that it doesn't need to be forever and that you know let them secure them as a family because helen when she gets really dug in with luna she's not going to be able to just let him leave and go back to New York. Like, it's just not going to happen. Right, right. So I I think, yeah. Yeah, I I, I hate to interject, but I I agree with you on every single point. And I I agree with you completely, just beyond 100, if you will, that Helen was testing Max with this forever. I mean, and and rightfully so. You know, I mean, it's like, life. how many Max let's I thought it was so beautiful. I mean, you know, their, their chemistry, amazing. Their skills are astonishing. And, and I, I thought it was so compelling, so beautiful how they interacted. And, and you know, again, as, as their love story is the core as to what the show's best themes are, the transformation. Max transformation is not only believable, but so compellingly true. Um, and... You know, I, I want to point out that I, I don't think that she was ever in love with Cassian. I, I think that she needed Cassian. And Cassian, you know, being this fighter pilot of a surgeon, was very clear with Helen in a way that Max was not. And one of the things that I love about Helen, although she can be extreme at times, I'm totally believable, I think, given her history, is that as deeply as she loves Max, and she loves him so f- profoundly, She's never been his fool. She makes very clear to him <laughs> in, in very crucial ways that, oh, no, that betrayal, Max, is going to cost you. You you will not do that to me. I will not accept that. 
Uh, I think it's just like um, what she said when the whole, what was it, the hip replacement episode, when she said, like, I'll be here for you, but not at the expense of my patients. So it's also, Mm. I'll be here for you, but not at the expense of me. Like, if this is what I need, I'm going to adjust what I need for me first. Also, I'm not just going to put you ahead of everything. And this is, she needed to go home. So she's telling him, like, I love you, but... I'm going to take care right. of what I need to take care of for myself. And Cashin was, especially after 216 and her telling him, he demanded it. He pushed her. He forced her to say how she felt. And then he did nothing. So it's like, I've made well, all right. these sacrifices. You made me say it. And now you're not doing anything. And Cashin well, was absolutely. like, hey, let's have some fun. Let's focus on you. This is going to be absolutely. what do you need absolutely. right now. So she went with it, which made sense for her at the time. Right. And I, I right to your point, um, I think that was a very, and that, that's where the writers, I thought, were absolutely on point. Um, and they absolutely had the heart of the matter there. Because not only was this self-privileging, really ugly in terms of uh, his personal psychology, but it also put out there that as, you know, as much as Max wants to be the ally and the, the, uh, the classic white savior, which is extremely problematic, here the writers showed just how problematic the white savior really is um, because that betrayal was twofold. It was personal, right core personal, but it also showed that Max was holding on to his privilege as a white male. It's like, I am not going to put myself out for you, Helen. You have to make all of these sacrifices for me. And I will pursue that almost brutally. Um, and there was an incredibly painful and honest scene uh and i think that you know when she basically she broke it off she told him that's you know as much as i love you that this is something i will never i will never tolerate and he paid a price for that he paid an absolute price for that and and i think that that price was real uh i think that for max to witness helen being in a romantic sexual adult relationship with somebody else was more shattering to him than than the loss of his wife uh and that's you know again my anger with the the writers with that contrivance of the ring at the uh the last episode of the uh the third season um you know max would have retreated of course he would have that that would be very human but would he do that again no never never he's oh i'm gonna Thing that brought me such immense pain that's just not going to happen so mm-hmm. I, I agree if these writers can let these these two uh characters be then all the better for it and i want to mention something that zadie smith wrote in, in uh one of her novels on beauty and at the end of the novel she speaks of her characters as if though they're uh, they are real uh and she has a theory um which she elucidated when i actually met her once at uh, at nyu uh, when she first came to NYU. And she has this theory that all artistic characters created in art, whether it's a painting, a song, a film, a novel, they all lived separately after that creation from what the creators really wanted. And she posits that these, these, these characters, these literary characters and whatnot are very real in a certain way because we invest them with lives if you will okay they're no longer owned and i think in a very certain way if this theory holds that helen and max are real you know that their their creators had some vision for them but freema and ryan literally took that away from the writers and made something else altogether. 
And I do believe, as a closing thought, that, you know, to, and to your point, Natasha, that if Helen and Max are allowed to be who they are, not only, you know, will they be together, but it'll be something far richer than what the writers and producers have envisioned, far richer than even perhaps what we envisioned. Because I think in many ways, Helen and Max have been beyond what we've envisioned all along. I mean, that's, I think, what's so compelling about them, so really beautiful, is that they are at once iconic and so very human. Um, And that is what I'd like to see about them. And as part of that final thought, I think that Luna and Helen are going to be incredibly tight. I just think that there's going to be like a love affair between the two of them. And I, 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 and I, I see as a very yeah. realistic possibility and, and rich for exploration is how Georgia's parents are not going to like that in the least hmm. for all of the reasons that we would imagine. And then race and, and, and class as well. Um, I, I think that uh, Georgia and Luna will, will be incredibly tight. Um, and I, I I'd be honestly as... disappointed if they don't explore that. Like Georgia's yeah. parents mm-hmm. just tried to mm-hmm. take custody. If yeah. he gets to pack up and leave and they don't have any pushback, even though he did mm-hmm. tell them like, realistically, I will take her and you will never see her again if you try yeah. to take me to court. But I still feel like realist- there needs to be a, a conversation, some kind of argument of, hey, you're taking her to another country, really? You wouldn't yeah. quit your job or delay your, or slow down when you had cancer, but now you're willing to quit your job for another woman and you're taking her. If they don't say anything, like, come on, that's just not realistic. Oh, they, they're, <laughs> there's they're, they're no chance. There. They're going to, well, you know, Tasha, don't you think that, I mean, in certain ways, I think that Georgia's parents have intuited, they've intuited that there's a Helen somewhere out there. They don't know Helen as of yet, but they know that she's, out there because remember you know georgia left max at least a couple of times Mm -hmm. uh and i think that you know the parents have always been skeptical about max they sense that max did not come from the type of affluence that they enjoy they sense that max well they know that max does not have a a stable nuclear all-american family the way they have Uh, and so you have these issues of class and, and of entitlement and whatnot so uh, with Helen, this you know, dazzling cosmopolitan from northern London entering, they're not going to like that at, oh my god. No. No. Yeah, and I think he's devoted yeah. to her in a way that he was never to Georgia, and they yeah. are already bitter, and they already blame him for Georgia's death, and for, as, as they said, basically neglecting her. So there's no right. way that they're not going to be upset about this. They have to be. That It wouldn't be realistic if they weren't. It just wouldn't. I, yeah. I agree. And, and, and don't you think that there, there also might be some internal conflict mm-hmm. in terms of Max? Because Max is, an, uh, he's, you know, Dunn's island unto himself, right? I mean, you know, whatever happened in that family of his, they're non-existent, right? I mean, again, I reiterate, it's no accident that there are no mother or father, uncle, grandparents, nobody, nobody there for Max in these most crucial moments of his life. And mm-hmm. so... You know, as much as, as Max resents and, and distrusts the, the parents, you know, Luna's grandparents, he's going to be torn, I think, uh, with this notion of, of, on one hand, he knows that, you know, I, I, that he can have a family with Helen and Luna. 
in in ways that he never had a family. I, I think that you can almost intuit that uh, from his his fight for for Helen. But I think that that he would be torn as well. That you know, as much as he distrusts and does not like uh, George's parents, he's going to be, it's going to tug on him. You know, can I I rest? Luna from them completely, given my yeah. own history of being an orphan of mm -hmm. sorts, being an, an exile. So, yeah. That was actually uh, my question when I, you know, during the Q&A &A on Tuesday, I did ask David Schulner, are we going to address Max's past, his family, his parents? And he did say yes. So hopefully wow. this season they will actually do something about that he'll actually dig into that because that was, that's something that has just been driving me crazy. Like we've met, um, <laughs> either met or discussed, we've met um, Floyd's mom, Bloom's mom. They've talked about Iggy's parents. You know, we have context, Helen's mom. Right. We have context for everybody except for Max and he's the main character. It just never made any sense. And I was like, we need to know his parents, his friends, somebody he went to college with, something, somebody from his China place, yeah. something need from his past besides Georgia needs to be addressed. So he did say that, mm -hmm. yes, they were going to address that this season. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna add some more people um, to talk. We've only got like five minutes left to talk. Um, okay, you can kick me out. Okay. Um, thank wonderful. you. Wonderful. Yeah, thanks yeah. for talking with us. Um, I'm gonna add um Nana and Sarah Love Ships. Um Hello. I'm, I'm gonna move it to listeners as well. Oh. Yeah. Hi. Hi. Can you hear Hi. Me? Yeah, we can. Very good. Um so. I've been enjoying your conversations. Um uh, I know you got five minutes, but just to say that I actually enjoyed the um, scene between Max and Helen bumping it into each other at the elevator. I know a lot of people don't like it, but what I thought about it was you could see Helen was running away from her past and then Max was also running away from his past. Um, and then they just bumped into each other just at that point. And when Helen realized that Max was still stuck in his old ways with meddling with the ring, she decided to walk off. And then you see Max's brain just starting to get on board and he decided to follow uh, Helen. Um, and what I like about that picture is when you see where Helen was standing on the floor, it says Black Lives Matter. And the last time mm -hmm. someone stood from where Max was standing was Floyd when he came and slipped and fell and was wondering what was happening there. So to then wasn't see... It the moment, was it the Pardon? moment where... Um, wasn't it the moment where... Um, no, the last time we saw it was when Max was asked um, if he loved a black woman in it. Wasn't it that one? That, yeah, definitely. But I'm talking about Max and, and, and Floyd's relationship that uh, Renee had been talking about. That you will see Max this time instead of uh, um, Floyd falling for whatever reason. This time you see the image in the same angle of the camera, and this Max coming, walking away from his past. And I'm happy that Helen stopped and walked with him because he would have left. He would have been left in his past, and that is really something that gri gri gripes a lot of um, addicts 
you see the same thing with um, Bloom. Again, another um, parallel character, Bloom and um, Max, where she was put in an institution. And even while she was there, she was still trying to get some, you know, medication. Like she, Max was thinking clearly when she was talking with Karen, okay, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. And then that secretary came and was like, oh, I found a ring. And suddenly he went back into his old ways. And for some reason, when he dropped the ring, I think the first episode, I also did not call him an idiot. Like, that was the only time I could see he could think clearly. So if something had lifted uh, off him, that's what I thought that, that uh, scene. I know the writers could have done a better job with it, but I, I think it, it symbolized a bit. I am not here for Lynn. I'm just putting it out there. I'm sure if you've seen my review, I'm not here for Lynn. I think uh, there's something shady as Tasha said, if you are open, when your husband comes along, you do say, hey, we are open. And when they were playing the music, the husband was genuinely like, oh, is it, is it about a girl? And if Floyd opened up, I think it would have been a different conversation altogether. Like, he just, you know, went along with that frequency tone. And it's like, I feel like the husband is in the dark the whole time. You know, when the fire almost got them, they were sat there and the husband was consoling Lynn and the boyfriend or whatever Floyd is to her was sat next to him. Like, it, it, I, I, I get bad vibes about that. No, I'm not here for Lynn. I, I get their connection, but I think uh, it's going to get very messy very, very soon. But yeah, it's all right. My... <laughs> mm. <laughs> I, I, don't uh, know. I don't know if we, we can have an opinion about Lynn because they haven't explored her character enough. I think I mean, I mean we don't the little love scene I'm not here for. You know, coming on Tuesdays and Mondays and suddenly moving on Thursdays. Like does your husband know this rota? I'm I'm not <laughs> I'm not here for this rota. And you you all work in the same place. You know, when do you get a time to sneak off and see him on Tuesday and Wednesday like what is this? You know, and does the husband not know where she is when he's like when they go home? Uh, yeah, um, I'm, I'm a bit iffy, but it would be good to explore a bit more of Lynn, as you said. Um, I like your point about, you know, us not really getting to have an opinion on Lynn because we don't know her. It's really mm. true. Like, we really don't yeah. know her at all. And true. I think that one of my, my biggest issues with the show is that they kind of write in these characters and give them like really good storylines, like really mm. good like into these storylines, and then they don't follow through with it. And then they yeah, kind of yeah. reduce these characters to just being the love interest. So we mm. only seeing like this one side of Lynn. So we kind of, you know, yeah. getting like, oh, this is who she is. But um, she's probably a really good doctor. Like if she's the head of Obs and Gyne, then she's probably, mm. you know, a really good doctor. Mm-hmm. And I really mm. wish that, mm. you know, we kind of saw these characters, like even with Layla as well, you know, we mm. get to see more of them as like an actual character and like their own mm. person and, you know, not them, not just them being, mm. you know, the love interest, which is what they did with Evie as well. Yeah. Um, yeah right. So yeah, right. that's kind of like my biggest beef with the show because yes, we now have this opinion on Lynn and who she is and this yeah. is what she's doing. And you know, now we kind of just like, oh, she's terrible. But you know, <laughs> she's probably a really good person and a you know a really yeah. good doctor and stuff. And yeah, I don't know. Oh, I I yeah. that's what I don't like. Yeah, I mean, and you know the problem. Mm. 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 What you say, Kay? I I. No, it was me talking. You can go for it. 
Oh, no, I was just saying that she's a physician at the at the hospital. So mm-hmm. she's not mm-hmm. even like, you know, a secondary character that's just outside of medicine. And we still don't see her um, doing, uh, working with the mm-hmm. others as much. I mean, we saw her working with Floyd, but that's pretty much it. So we don't know much about her at all. And I think that that is what's causing people to dislike or distrust her so much. I mean, I don't trust her either because I personally don't believe the story where she's in in this open marriage because again, Mm -hmm. all the clues we see don't point to that. But Mm -hmm. I think that the writers have to work to get us invested in that character so that we do ship her and Floyd Mm -hmm. if that's that's endgame, which Mm -hmm. y'all know how I feel. I don't think it's endgame because it's not pointing in that direction. Um, I I see her as a test trap like yeah uh, the the deception remember the time when uh, my, um floyd was like oh we should go for a drink and, and then she was like oh i know a place i'll get the address never told him that we we're coming to my house and when floyd got there this lady had her buttons open you could see down <laughs> <laughs> literally <laughs> and, and and the smirk on her face he knew that floyd was going to come back Jack supposed Max and Helen at her door, and she was fully clothed. You see, when, he, when, when they stopped at the door again, and sorry, in the corridor, Helen and Max were walking and was transparent. They all knew where they were going. Let me walk with you. There was no confusion. There's no ambiguity. There's no, you know, shady business going on. It was very, very transparent. Got to the door, and then he walked around and came back. So both of them came back. Except one is built on deception. Like, why didn't you tell me you were coming to your house? Nicely decorated, dress yourself like a, like a piece of candy. Like, what are, what is your plan here? And that your husband knows it. For me, um, yeah, that is that is my issue with Lynn. She might be a good doctor, a good person, but some of the fruits that she's showing, um, I'm not, yeah, I, I have my issues with that. And I completely agree with you all about uh, Luna and, and Helen. There's a video of Freema and a, a young white girl in one of the series. I think it might be Doctor Who or something that they did. Very, very sweet. Like the girl was giving Freema so many hugs. And um, I think that they would, they would dig into Luna and, and, and Helen's relationship. I mean, she was the first person that smiled with her. And then, and then they caught Max off guard. And, and I think it would be a good imagery, although grandparents might not like it, but it's better to have a mother figure or another person helping Max out than Max just bending toast and putting yogurt in shoes and, and not dressing the poor girl properly. And hopefully that they will build a her, her wardrobe a bit better because uh, as you yeah. commented last season, that poor girl, oh my God. Um, and Max's wardrobe <laughs> needs upgrading. I think the first episode, it looks like he's upgrading himself. Just a little bit too much, a bit Helen. Just a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think I think it will be good for for him to um, step up, and I hope to see his uh, family as well. And also, I would love to see them explore the struggles that uh, post cancer patients go through fertility. It would be interesting to see that dynamic if they were to ever explore mm-hmm. that. Yeah. You know, because Helen wanting a baby so desperately on the wrong side of thirty five, Mask already having a, a child. They never talked about what they do with, you know, saving sperm or egg or whatever. And now we're getting to the point. I mean, I don't know whether you watched their live video, but they were joking about, oh, what if Helen is already pregnant? Like, it would be interesting <laughs> to explore 
that there's so many people who who sit in the dark with this conversation and it's quite a scary thought to be that young in your reproductive age and be burdened with this. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see if they would ever go there. Um, Endgame, I want to see Helen happy. I'm here for Helen and Max carries along. Um, he she needs to toe he needs to toe the line or just on one side it's gonna mess up. I mean, so far episode one, he he was saying all the right things. I yeah. hope that it's not just words, but it's gonna back up with action. The other thing mm-hmm. that bothered mm-hmm. me is I saw David Shona put a comment that we're not gonna see Mohammed, but we might see an old thing of Helen, and I'm not sure where that and plays that, in. I'm hoping for Ben. <laughs> same same, okay. I mean, same. I, mean, I mean I feel sorry for Pentaki I mean no Pentaki could work out the vibes issue I feel sorry for Catherine because Pentaki could work it out he was like no I, there's something there's a vibe there's something there so she could read that there's something between him and Helen sorry Helen and, and Matt but I think Catherine didn't see this one coming with that breakup he, he didn't see the one coming at all <laughs> was so blindsided. It was like, oh, we're breaking up. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, no idea. Yeah, he was so clueless about it. But Pantaki just saw that coming. I mean, this guy was willing to give a friend to you to give a child. That's why he had children. That's how far he was willing to go. Somehow she managed to attract men who are willing to do more for her. All the way Helen gives herself to to, to, um, the relationship she's in. I've seen her consoling... um, Mina, consoling Bloom, like she always gives herself so many people. Like the Max that we all need is like the Helen that we all need. And at some point, she needs to take time for herself. And I think that's where we're going with it. And it's good that he's testing Max's um, willingness to push the boundary uh, a bit more. It will be mm-hmm. <laughs> a shame if Max messes up. Really, well, really I shame. Like. <laughs> Well, we'll take a while, bro. He's messed up. Uh, He's gonna do so. You, you never, you never know this guy. Yeah. And but the other concern oh, yeah. I have is Helen could read Max for Phil. Like he can <laughs> read Max. And now that they've crossed emotional physical boundaries, I worry that he, he will become his blind spot and will not see fully through him. That's my concern. You know the preview from next week. She was telling telling Max that. She's worried that she can't trust him or something. I can't. I can't remember mm-hmm. the wedding. Yeah, that's but what she's. I, yeah, I, 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 I still with Helen on that. I hope that he, she doesn't get clouded by all the other things that Max is. He said a lot of things, but he can be a little. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let me not find words for that. Uh, <laughs> um, and again, I've seen Brian play really, really. Uh, mean characters like his character in um, Black. Black. Oh my goodness! And um, the Black Cla- the Black Clansman. Oh yes, I. So watched. I know that there is a dark side of him. Yeah. I I worry that there is going to be a time in any relationship you will get uh, a bit of friction. And Freeman's mm-hmm. a very strong character. You can you can fight with this guy. I mean, with words. But I'm I'm just would be interested to see the day where they will have really, really bad conflict of interest. I mean, they've had that one where she was about mm, to go and turn did. the light off. Remember that day when, uh, is it, is it uh, King of Swords? That episode where Max was going to choose everything and Helen was like, well, if you're not going to do it, I'm going to do this one. And then the light came yeah, off. Yeah. That little tension there. Yeah. yeah. And at this point, mm-hmm. she could tell him what she wanted. He could care less because 
she's not. I know she's not worried about Marcus' emotional being. He's not. I mean, at that time she was married <laughs> to someone else. Okay, let. But now that you've crossed that barrier, if they were to go to that dark space again, I wonder how things are going to go. It'll be interesting to um, see how they play that out. I I think she will. Um, And I'm saying that because, you know, in the episode, in the beginning of season two, when Max Mm. is kind of upset with her um, Mm. and she's kind of, you know, trying the whole time Mm. to kind of, you Mm. know, get Mm. him to speak Mm. to her and he's just Mm. pushing her away and stuff. Mm. And then in that episode, Mm. in episode three, when he, Mm. when he like pushes back against her, you know, going, um, taking this company like to TV yeah. and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then she tells him, um, you know, the thing of, yes, she really wants him to let her in and stuff, but she's not going to do it at the extent of, at the expense of her patience. So I think, and yeah. I think Tasha just mentioned that earlier, um, like she's not going to do things at the expense of her. So mm. I think that she does have that ability even now because she's always really been in love with him. And even at that point yeah. where he was kind of, you know, really emotional and she didn't want to kind of, you know, step on his toes and she was kind of overlooking a lot of what he did to her mm. in that time. Mm. I think she, mm. she still has that ability that you are not going to mess with me. Um, this mm-hmm. is still who I am and you're not going to mess with me and I'm not going to kind of allow you to make me into something that I'm not. So I, I think, mean, yeah, I think <laughs> it'll be fine. He's, like, he's going to have will. to have all his fans. Uh, he's going to have all the Helen's fans come for him if he was to dare mm-hmm. try. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was me. That was definitely me in the beginning of season two. Like, I wanted to fact- fight back so badly because <laughs> it was terrible. <laughs> We're all going to make like- <laughs> yeah, I feel like he he holds himself. He could go there. You know the way he went there with mm. Floyd in that um autopsy mm. thing. He could go there. But with Helen he wanted to he hold can. himself. Like he wanted to restrain himself. Yeah. Just so mm-hmm. he doesn't end up hurting her or hurting himself. So now that mm-hmm. they've crossed the emotional boundaries, when the facade and honeymoon wears off, I, I wonder where things will go with us. Uh, um, it will, it will be interesting to see where where things go go with that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I'm I'm a huge fan of uh, uh, Freema. I think I saw Paul, you know, David comment about how she draws people in on on, on Twitter. She like, does. Uh, well, I, the first time I ever saw her was in, on Doctor Who, and I saw her briefly, maybe for like about ten minutes, and I still remember her. Never saw Doctor Who again. And then I saw New Amsterdam on um, Amazon Prime, and I, I really got into it because of Ryan. And I saw Freema, I was like, oh, you don't need to say anymore. I didn't even see anyone else in there. That's, that's, that's <laughs> enough for me. She's such a, a great actress, and I'm happy that she's finding her footing in the acting scene. It's a shame that so many British actors and actresses have to go to the US to shine. You know, so but I, I, every artist has to go to the US. <laughs> When it comes to when it comes to British people, especially Black British artists, singers, mm-hmm. actors, all that, mm-hmm. they always have to it's go to America it's to win. Shame. They can't win here. Yes, and, oh, no. and, and what 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 also annoys me is that when they do well, their shows are never aired on the prime channels here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what mm-hmm. is Sky Witness? Who watches Sky Witness? I've not seen I've not seen that thing on Sky Witness. I don't even know how to navigate to Sky it. Witness. I liked Seriously. when it was on Amazon Prime. It was easier. It was more accessible when it was on Amazon. I mean, I was paying for my Amazon Prime. Let's not miss this up. We all pay for our Prime. Exactly. But we're not having to struggle to go and find and click buttons and enter pin. That's what mm-hmm. I've had to do. 
in yeah. order to watch watch this like why they yeah. did the same thing with house the same thing with the Knicks. there's so many different things like why mm-hmm. and they put yeah. it on everyone's else netflix by the uk's like mm-hmm. why even even uh season three is on amazon prime us not the uk oh, why wow. yeah i looked it up uh yeah, they were charging 2.99 dollars i'm like no we're not we're not about to do this like <laughs> you guys need to cater for us i commented on prime they were i think they were advertising um dr death I don't know what they've seen that. Mm-hmm. I put in a comment, we don't need another Doctor movie. Can you please, at the very least, for your audience, bring <laughs> uh, season, uh, uh, New Amsterdam back? Like, we deserve it at the very least. Bring that back, season three and season four. Like, we don't need another Doctor episode. There's enough Chicago and Grace Anatomy. And there's, there's all that. This is what is going on. This is more important. This is more fun. This is more exciting, intriguing than the other shows. Um, and to watch them to put that on there. So I hope that they, they take this on board and, and, and bring this uh, back. And for Bloom, she's a ticking time bomb with Leah. Just like Max using the ring as a crotch, she's le- using Leah as a crotch, like anything that she will use to fill a void or a gap. And I'm worried that the day the lady will find out that she's technically been bought. Yeah, it's going to be. I, I, yeah. I feel because you already got ticked off with her, her about letting everyone know their business. So it's, it's almost like you know now that I've paid for you, like I can I can do I can override our conversations and let everyone know. Like seriously, it shouldn't be that at all. And again, she's in the dark, and it will come to light very soon. And I I feel sorry for Bloom. I heard the mother will be coming in. I feel sorry for Bloom. And, and, where, and where things will go. And I also, I want to know what Helen did when she went to London in one month. That is why I'm, I'm keen for Helen to go to London. I want to see what she did in one month. That have made her say to Max that she wants to go back forever. Like, something must have happened. Mm-hmm. A whole month to yeah. overlook. There are a few gaps that I'd like to see filled. I'd like something to see must the have happened. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd and... like to see the conversation about the, the phone, the voicemail. I'd like yeah, to see that the conversation would be, yeah. about the ring hello yeah. nobody talked about yeah. that um yeah. after, you know she didn't talk about she didn't bring it up he didn't bring it up i'd love to mm-hmm. see that and um i i really want a tearful i love you from max i need that <laughs> i need that i'm going to be screaming that into the void <laughs> until i get it i mean i mean he i mean he was the first to profess his love to her in the king of thoughts when the when they went to the clavelin's house didn't really use her name. That doesn't count. Hel- no, you I, need, I need a real one, right there. I need <laughs> I need a real careful Max sobbing, <laughs> begging her to understand the depth you of want, his love. You want him to bear his soul. I need it. Like the role of yes. I, I completely agree with you. I, I mean I could like where Helen has gone to to get this far. And there was trains, you know, this is what I don't like about Lynn. There was strings that Helen has. Yeah. To him. The number of times he went... I mean, you know, remember that day that Max had the uh, leaflet, I think it's leaflet or cards, that she, he fell off the um, uh, wheelchair when he had his cancer. That scene, mm-hmm. like, the vulnerability that Helen and Max displayed in the, um, the contamination shower... Helen couldn't really go there with him in that scene because she was still married. He wanted to hug him. Mm-hmm. He wanted to hold. He he he. She could, you could see she was trying to hold herself. 
But mm-hmm, in that mm-hmm. decon, like he 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 literally threw himself all over her, and she could take it. This is why this is my issue I have with Lynn. He, like you you are in your marriage, and yet you are literally crossing over to other people's house, and your husband have no clue. Serving breakfast in bed, wearing his shirt, like. <laughs> I, I wonder whether the husband has not smelled his perfume on her yet. There's something we sure. don't know. Yeah, yeah, something something there. And like for this guy to be so generous towards um uh what's his name? Floyd. I did a review and I said this reminded me of Behind the Eyes. If you've not seen Behind the Eyes, you should watch it on Netflix. <laughs> about know. him saying so so uh, floyd was saying to lynn when i'm with you i think about him when i'm with him i think about you uh hello are you having two affairs what is what is happening here? <laughs> how did how did you get here and then the wife to say i think he likes you more than i do like that if that doesn't mess with your head i don't know what 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 else does but how mm-hmm. did floyd get here I think Evie and Bloom are going to have a field day when they hear about this. They're going to have a field day. They're going to have a good oh crack up. Like, you um, moved on from us. Can need to, to add this. anybody else? I can come off if you need to add anybody else. Oh, um, we're going to wrap this up in a minute. Oh, well, oh yeah. this, 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 this has been uh, uh, great. Uh, I'm, I'm a huge fan of your uh, stereo. Uh, I think it's a great conversation starter and get people engaged. This show needs more recognition and more awards than it's, it's currently getting. Mm-hmm. And everyone should uh, really watch it. There are so many different medical shows out. I'm not here to bash any. I've, I'm a huge fan of medical shows. But mm-hmm. New Amsterdam has clearly set himself apart. And I think uh, it's about time they get the recognition that um, they need. And they should let everyone watch it. Like, I don't understand why they're withholding it uh, from uh, different <laughs> places. UK especially, because they have a lot of British actors. Matthew's mm-hmm. on there. But yeah, thank you for inviting me. Hopefully, I'll join you next one. Thanks for talking with us today. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. you. Yes. JD, you're wrapping up (laughs) afternoon tea with the damn fam. I'm going to go eat. It's like evening, old really. (laughs) It's almost 7 a.m. I'm going to go eat something. Um, Thanks for everybody who who, um, tuned in and chatted with us um i feel like every time we do this we never say the name of this show afternoon tea with the damn fam um <laughs> we really should <laughs> yeah <laughs> um i didn't even use the hashtag the hashtag that only i use but it's okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah um talk to you next time next week maybe yeah yeah Okay. Uh, next exciting. Yeah. Bye. Everyone. Bye everybody. Bye.